with all the snow, there's not too many of you here right now, so Brother Mark and I were praying that there'd be an influx of school children. And indeed, any moment now, there will be some kids, so don't be alarmed if there's a stampede of uh, 120 school children coming in from uh, Cheshire, Connecticut, St. Bridget of Sweden. So once they come, welcome to them. There was once a young boy, the age of five, who was playing with some other kids near a lake, throwing some sticks in uh, to the bottom of the, uh, the lake in kind of a perpendicular fashion so the stick would come back up and they could grab the stick and keep throwing it in. Well, in the midst of that, this five-year-old boy named John lost his balance and fell in. And he you know, rose to the top quickly, but then sank because he didn't know how to swim. And at the bottom, as he's drowning, he sees a beautiful lady reaching out her hand to him. And his muddy hands, he didn't feel worthy to grab her hand and uh, you know, accept her help. And just as he's about to drown, though, this, this lady does help him. He's pulled out. And it turns out, actually, it was a man with a pole who pulled him out. But this lady was Blessed Virgin Mary watching over today's saint, Saint John of the Cross, protecting him because of his great vocation he had in the church. And being, uh, losing his father at a young age, he had a rough childhood, sometimes even having to live at an orphanage, being underfed, and eventually, though, uh, joined the Carmelites, became a priest with them at the age of 25. And he rose to such, such sanctity that different miracles uh, began to happen around him. He was able to levitate, sometimes being, you know, walked in upon levitating with his head, touching the ceiling, you know, praying in such, uh, uh, with such love. He talked of, you know, such uh, love of God piercing his heart that it was as if a, a, an angel pierced his heart with a, a flaming fire uh, and just consumed with this wound of love his heart. And when he finally passed away, he, uh, at the end there, he knew exactly kind of the time he di uh, would die. He, would, he said, you know, tonight at midnight, I will go to the Father when you all are praying matins. And sure enough, when the midnight bell struck for that hour of prayer, he said, into your hands, O Lord, I commend my spirit. And there was a great uh, light that those around him said when he drew his last breath. There was a great light, kind of uh, very intense yet soft, kind of like the stars and the, the moon, they said, around his body. And a great fragrance, um, a sweet aroma around his body. And after he passed, nine months later, the there was a noble woman who wanted his bones transferred over 
to somewhere. And so the king's sergeant was going to carry out this, this order for this noble lady. And they arrive and exhume the body. And it turns out he was completely incorrupt, as if he was still sleeping. And since the order was to transfer bones and not a body, uh, the king's sergeant didn't feel comfortable moving it. But to give proof of why he didn't carry out the order, he cut off one of his fingers. And blood flowed profusely as if you know, he was still alive. So another nine months later, oh, and before he left, they covered the body with lime to quicken the deterioration. Well, another nine months later, uh, it was still found to be incorrupt, but they were able to figure out you know, moving the body anyways. And as the body was being transferred, great crowds uh, kind of followed it because there was, again, this sweet, fragrant aroma uh, you know, basically sanctity that everyone, what do you have in that cargo there? St. Teresa of Avila said that St. John of the Cross was one of the purest souls who have ever lived in the church. And that is why this purity continued even after death, you know, with the suite of fragrance, this incorrupt uh, body of his, which the last time it was exhumed in 1955, it was still found to be incorrupt. What was the key to St. John of the Cross's sanctity? How did he reach such holiness and such purity, such glory? Well, the answer lies in his name of the cross. St. John of the Cross shows us that paradox that it is actually in suffering that we actually reach sanctity, reach glory. He sought to reform the Carmelites that he was uh, in because of during that time, you know, this is a little bit after the Protestant Reformation, there was a lot of laxity in the Carmelites, and so he felt inspired along with St. Teresa of Avila to reform the Carmelites, and so for that, he was persecuted heavily. He was thrown in by his own brothers into you know, a monastery prison for nine months. And yet it was in that time, being in that damp, dark dungeon, that he received the light he was looking for. That love of God became ever more inflamed in his heart during his time of imprisonment, during that time of darkness. And so he shows that God even always transforms suffering into glory. For it is only through the cross that we have the resurrection. And he shows that even in darkness, he will transform that into light. And that's why we hear in today's gospel, when John sends the disciples to ask Jesus, are you the one who is to come? John's not asking on his, St. John the Baptist isn't asking on his, you know, own uh, concern. He's asking on the behalf of his disciples. He wants them to know that they need to follow Christ whenever he uh, passes away in prison, because he's in prison at this time. And Jesus replies, 
Go and tell John what you have seen. The blind regain their sight, the lame walk, lepers are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, and the poor have good news proclaimed to them. Jesus is saying, you know, the prophecies of Isaiah have been fulfilled. These miracles are taking place before your very eyes. And Jesus, then, is the answer to our suffering. Jesus is the answer to all our problems. Because all our problems come from sin. Sin is the reason we suffer. Sin is the reason why we have any of the problems we have in the world. And yet the world offers so many ways to cover up, to resolve those problems. And yet the world, the flesh, and the devil are the very source and root of all these problems. Only Jesus is the answer to these problems, to such suffering. Because think of how sin works. Sin makes you blind. It darkens your intellect so you don't think right. Think of whenever uh, you kind of, you, you, you might say a little lie, but then you, you dig yourself deep and that lie gets bigger and bigger and you start doing unreasonable things in order to, to keep, you know, that sin squashed. And then sin makes you lame. You're no longer walking on the path, no longer working on the, the purpose you have in life. You're not walking towards that end. And you're not going anywhere whenever you're living in sin. And then sin is kind of like leprosy. You know, it's very ugly. It's got, you get ugly, painful sores. And it's contagious. Sin is very contagious, like a virus, right? It always breeds more sin. Think about whenever you say something mean to someone, that can lead to a temptation for that person to also be mean back, or then maybe to, to gossip, or to do, you know, maybe harbor some hatred. So anytime we commit sins against others, we're also tempting others to sin. And then we also become deaf when we live in sin. We don't want to hear the truth anymore. We don't want to hear people's correction because we want to kind of stay stuck in that sin. And if it's serious enough, sin makes us dead. You know, mortal sin kills our relationship with the Lord. And if unrepentant at the end of our life, then we could experience eternal death. And yet Christ, we know, came to save us from that, that we might have eternal life. He says, the poor have the good news proclaimed to them. All this sin and suffering can make us feel like we have nothing. And yet the response isn't, to look to the world, the flesh, and the devil, to look at all the temptations that the world offers, that's not the answer. 
to resolve all these issues, to resolve sin? Jesus is the answer. And what does he show us? How does he conquer sin, suffering, and death? Through the cross. What is his response there on the cross? What is that greatest action essentially about? Simply loving. Loving without expecting anything in return, right? He completely was betrayed, insulted, wounded, scourged. He's crucified. And yet his response is never to give more sin. He doesn't respond with sin. He responds with love. That is how he conquers the darkness. Darkness cannot be conquered by more darkness. You know, think of a dark room. How do you conquer that darkness? How do you get rid of the darkness in that room? You flip the light switch. You flip the light switch. That's how you get rid of the darkness, with light. And the light of Christ overcomes all darkness. Any darkness you ever experience in life will be conquered only by the light of Christ, which is charity, love. The Lord gave his love down to the last drop. He kept his arms wide. He made himself vulnerable. And in that vulnerability, he gave himself down to the last drop. This is all how today's saint, St. John of the Cross, became a saint. He knew the cross was that answer. He knew the cross suffering was the bridge to sanctity, to glory. And so, like St. John of the Cross, may we then not run from our suffering, not run from the problems in our life, but allow them to be transformed by Christ. He had that experience of imprisonment, of much persecution from his brothers, and he didn't allow it to become a time in which he, in turn, sought revenge or sought to you know, build up hatred against those who hurt him. He allowed it to be a time in which his suffering was transformed into seeking the best for those who persecuted him. And his love was so great that he described it as, like I said earlier, as if an angel fired a flaming uh, arrow into his heart and just set his heart on fire. That love was so great that is why his body is still uncorrupt. That is why there was a sweet fragrance of aroma and light around his body at his death. And if you look up, you know, that is why he had so many other miracles in his life. And that is why he is considered one of the great doctors of the church today, because he sought to love God through the cross. Are you a Marian helper? 
Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily Masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you. Please follow or subscribe to this podcast to receive the latest episodes and updates. If you have been blessed by this podcast, I invite you to leave a review. Reviews greatly improve our podcast ranking and will help spread this podcast to other people throughout the world. Are you enjoying this podcast? I invite you to listen to more shows brought to you by the Marian Fathers of the Immaculate Conception. Join us daily for enriching spiritual content which will help you on your journey with Jesus Christ. Simply visit divinemercyplus.org for a complete list of our shows. That's divinemercyplus.org. Are you a Marian helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily Masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you.